0: recording this is cool this is the hella machado podcast like that's really cool (laughs) thanks for listening to our bullshit
1: oh dude that's hella even better hella machado
0: Welcome back to another episode of the hello Shadow Podcast, <laughs> and today we're talking about decolonizing our finances.
1: Yes, welcome back. I miss y'all.
0: Yeah, right back at you.
1: Holidays have been crazy. A
0: little bit, yeah. So, this idea of decolonizing our finances it, is, does it? Uh, is it strictly for Filipinos or just in general?
1: Well, I think it's.
0: Um, I know the idea think it's comes for everybody. From, us being filipino. Oh, that we're talking um, about
1: this, right? Yeah, so I we recently welcome, well not recently, probably like a month or two ago we welcomed Hey Berna, if y'all know Hey Berna. She is like a financial coach e on Instagram. Um she's filipina. She is born South City, raised in South City, went to school in South City, South City, everything. And she brought up this really great concept of um, decolonizing your finances, right? And that's something I wanted to talk about because that's something hella prevalent in our Filipino culture. So what does that look like? So colonization, right? We had to sub- survive in a very specific way. And um, one thing that she really brought up was like in colonization, you kind of have to mimic your, your master or your colonizer. So the things that she brought up was like, uh, growing up, she always had, um, a TV in her, in her house, whether it was bought from, whether it was bought new or bought used, there's always a TV in all of her house, in all of our rooms in her house. And, She started to question, well, why do I need to buy all of these things in order, like, why should I just buy all of these things? And then she found out later that um, her mom was the one trying to kind of like floss, um, floss to like other folks like in the Philippines or like on Facebook to show how much like wealth or status that she had via buying all these TVs. So it really made me start thinking, like, what are some, like, habits or tactics or things in my own family or, like, within my own spending where I'm kind of, like, trying to imitate somebody that I'm not or trying to... Uh, I think the old term was, like, trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Trying to be current. Mm-hmm. So I would just start thinking, like, what are some things, like, within my own self or with y'all that kind of is similar to that, where we're using our finances to, well, to either show off to other people or to show that, like, we're wealthy, right? But spending all that money on TVs or, like, these coach bags, right, because a lot of our folks in our culture buy, like, coach Burberry and all these like name mine brands for what or like status for showing back on Facebook you know so um is there something within y'all that kind of like fits to that or how y'all feel about that
0: are we talking about spending frivolously like we buy a tv for a room but we don't really use it or yeah practical
1: it could be it could be that it could be like just You know, like, look at this bag. I'm going to take hella pictures and post it on Facebook and have all my aunties comment on it and say how much looks cute or whatnot, you know? I guess using our our money or finances in a way where it's not for real gain, but it's for the purpose of showing everybody or for for flexing, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess I'm, I think I'm kind of like that with my computer shit. Like, if I get a fancy new laptop, I'm probably going to sh- show people it, but it's also a practical thing because I'm going to use it all the time. So I don't, I don't know. It's kind of like both that it's practical, but also frivolous and hmm. kind of showing off. Does that still fall in that category?
1: I don't know. I'm just trying to figure
0: that out. Right. Cause, like, Cause I also bought a PlayStation five and showed it off to the world, but I also use it all the time yeah, on, think... on top of like on, on that topic. And I have a cousin who bought a PS5, and I know damn well he's not a gamer and he just bought one. And that kind of annoyed me. <laughs> like oh, when he, I,
1: what annoyed you about it?
0: Well, because I know what he does for work. I know how far he got in school, which is not very far. And I know his living situation is with his parents and he doesn't pay rent, you mm. know? So, and he buys all these Jordans, he has a BMW, and he only works in an inn mm. at the desk, you know? It's like, sure, you can buy all these things, but um, what are you doing with your life? You know, <laughs> I mean, who 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 am I to judge? But like, I know I know your life is a little more easy because of the way you choose to live. So, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, that bugs me. Uh,
1: maybe I think you're trying to say is like, uh, you you could be using your resources on something that could be more. Uh, what's it? Pro- beneficial to his life beneficial to your life that could make actual substantial change. Yeah. Right. Cause you're mm-hmm. saying what I'm hearing you say is like, Hey, you have this opportunity to save all this money because your expenses are not as much because you're living at home because you're this right. Why aren't you using your finances to make uh change rather than just trying to live like, like he, you know, he, he-
0: yeah, he's like showing stuff off that he shouldn't have. Is Yeah. I mean, he, he of course, he can buy it, but like, do you need it? I mean, of course, yeah. none of us need a new pair of Jordans, but like, do you need it at this moment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could be better in your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess that kind of, I mean, that's just me casting judgment because when you talked about this idea, I was like, I know people who spend money when they shouldn't be spending money, and it bugs me. Mm -hmm. And I thought about myself, do I do that? Like, no, I feel like I'm frugal as fuck. Mm -hmm. But I buy things that are nice, but I'm going to use them all the time. Mm -hmm. Also, I got the money for it because I went to school and have a job pertaining to my studies. And it
1: pays me well. I I think that's responsible, right? Because you're living within your means, you're living um, within your paycheck, within your pay grade. But Mm -hmm. I think it's more of like um, when you weren't, in that position now like what were your spending habits what were you you know what i mean
0: yeah back back in uh what 2011 when we'd go to the clubs with just 200 bucks on our bank account and somehow we still made it happen yeah
2: (laughs) that 200 went a long way it really did (laughs) into the night into the thinking
0: about that earlier like "How, how did i survive on 13 bucks an hour with fucking 90k debt and every month i pay what 1500 I and i still can go to the club and drink and get drunk with y'all <laughs> 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 so with the idea of decolonizing what do we uh how do we do this is there like a thing we can do a thing we can be aware of
1: um i think for me like what i got from her talk was just being knowledgeable of like your spending habits and like why you Spending your money in a certain way, you know what I mean. Like um, when I was thinking about my own spending habits, I like Hella just thought about like gambling. You know what I mean. Like I, yeah. o- I always had a struggle with the idea of just gambling, um, just using all of the resources I have now in order for potentially getting something that never actually came. Right. And I think I see that a lot in um, my family's history of finances is like they do. They love to gamble like Cash Creek, all of that, like back in day Stardust in Vegas. My auntie would be always getting the complimentary rooms, right, because you get the free rooms. You go there, you spend more money. So it just became a cycle of spending money in a in a in a way where you're never going to actually receive it back or it actually doesn't grow. Right. It actually stunts your growth because instead of investing in that, whether it's in a house or in, a, in her own projects, she spent it and gave it away to like casinos. Right. So that was just something like in my own line and within myself that I hella just saw that I need to get better grips of because it's like, in this pursuit of like money and pursuit of wealth, that's very like capitalistic, right? I, I feel like that's very, um, like that's very trying to be kind of like our colonizers because wealth and capitalism was introduced to our country, right? And then we're just so driven on making capital. We're so driven to become wealthy. Like growing up, I had messages in my family like, oh, just grow up and be rich or marry and be rich. Right. It's just this idea of just getting all this wealth and getting Mm -hmm. all this money that made me like really that really affected the way I saw things like growing up. You know what I mean? Like if I had 20 bucks, I'm going to just spend it on blah, 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 blah. So I could just show off to everybody else that I could flex, that I have this sort of thing, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. I automatically try to figure out like what's the the foundation of the way we think, right? So when I, I feel like there's two ways that we're thinking about it. Um, one is this whole like gatekeeping kind of way where it's like, hey, you, you, I can spend money because I have it. You don't have money. You shouldn't be spending money. I feel like that tinge or that hue of saying something is a little bit of a gatekeeping where it gets to the point where You're shaming someone for spending X amount of money, blah, blah, blah. And then on on the other hand, there's this very constructive criticism sort of thought about it, which is, you know, in our culture, people like to flex because blah, 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 blah. This is rooted in us. And when I think about it being rooted in us, I start thinking about the word hiyat, you know, the whole idea of shame that we talked about before, like hiya or hiyaan or nahihiya And the word, the root of that word or the definition of that word really really comes down to the feeling of shame, right? And when we, when we think linguistically, we're thinking about, you know what are the types of situations that we live in in which the only word that we have in our Tagalog language is Hiat in which we react hiya when we shouldn't. So like if you're going for a job interview and you know your boss is interviewing you and you know in America we would say we feel intimidated in Tagalog we say we feel hiya, right? So instead of feeling intimidated, we feel shame and then it kind of exudes itself from our body that we're feeling shame instead of feeling intimidated. Or if like let's just say that you're at a bar with a bunch of friends And there's a girl, and all your friends are like, hey, go say what's up to that girl. And instead instead of saying, I feel shy, right, we say, nahihi ya ako, right, I feel shame. I feel too, I feel shameful to go talk to that girl. So it's like that word really kind of imbues the actions that come out of our bodies. So when I think about it, and I get really like, I I guess I get a little too critical of the word. It's like if if we feel shame in almost every scenario because that's the only language that we know then the opposite when so let me let me backtrack so let's just say that if we don't feel intimidated anymore instead of feeling confident we feel what the opposite of shame we feel shameless right or if we go talk to a girl instead of feeling confident we feel shameless so we act shameless Right. So if the if we're talking about our finances and we feel shame because we don't have things right, then what do we do when we have money? We act shameless. So we start being shameless with our money. And that's the whole that's where I, I feel like I'm connecting the dots with the Louis Vuittons and the, and the Mercedes Benz and the Gucci belts. And sometimes the, you know, the, the, the spread of dunks that we got is we're starting to act shameless. With our money, and we start to act shameless on our social media platform. We start to act shameless, um, you know, in front of our friends and family because we think that um, by showing off, by flexing, that that we that we no longer need to feel shame. And I think that's um, that's like a that's the real culturally rooted problem in in Filipino society. I mean, I, I keep telling my friend um, who I was in uh, banking with. I told him, like, you know, if if we make it, dude, you shouldn't be flexing. Don't flex. I, I don't need you putting your new car on your Instagram. And that's something that we do to this day. Like, we do not flex because I tell him, like, in, in the Filipino culture, the more you flex, the more problems you got. That's a really good
1: point. I like that perspective and reframe because that's exactly what it is, right? We We operate... idea with shame and without shame and it really isn't like confidence you know I like how you said that it's not confidence it's a lack of shame because I don't think that we were ever taught how to be confident in a very like healthy way you know like I don't think um like within our own society we were really taught how to be healthy with our money how to be healthy with our like um being seen as successful right because like when you said like shameless and i started to think about like all my purchases that was just like i was just like fuck it right like bahala nah i'm just gonna buy all this stuff and it it really was that like it was when i made these purchases it wasn't because i wanted this or because i wanted um this per se it's just like oh I am going to be reckless with my finances because right now I don't have anything to hold me back, right? Instead of thinking purposely what what I could do with my finances and resources, and yeah, like damn, that really that really hit when when you sent that because it really is a dichotomy between having shame and without shame.
0: What thoughts that can we like keep in our mind to? Decolonize this whole thought. Don't flex. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I,
2: I, put it simply. Yeah, I would. I would think that. But like, we can start with there. We could definitely start with the no flex policy. Like, ingrain that in our generation, and ingrain that in our in the next generation. Don't flex. Like, there's no reason to flex. Your is, money's is, not it, there. is it
0: any different to be like, I got this new thing and I want to show it off? Like, is there a humble flex? Is that okay? Like, not that I'm trying to do any of this, but I'm just like throwing out thoughts. Right. Like, where,
2: where where's the line? I, I wouldn't know where the line is. To no, be I wouldn't honest. either. Yeah, but like, but I would I would I would say like if you bought a PS five and you posted that, I would not be thinking like, oh man, he spent hell of money on that. Yeah, he's he's flexing. But if somebody you know um, bought a bought a new car or um, bought a really expensive belt. I would just that's when I would start hating. And I'm going to say it, I'm hating. I'm I'm definitely hating because I don't like it. I don't like mm-hmm. that that's that's in in that's so popular um in in the Filipino culture and that becomes like the most influential thing in terms of how you see a person or how you judge a person because it's doing the complete opposite. Right? If you think that I'm going to put this I'm going to put this Gucci belt on me. I'm going to put it on my Instagram everybody's going to think I'm rich. But the opposite of what's happening is that everybody's just going to start hating on you. Then now you just, you're just breeding this culture of hate in our own society. And I don't like that in our own community. Um, And, 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 and it's funny too, because, you know, if we, there's this one concept of like trying to be critical of the flex. And then there's, there's another like sort of um, aligned concept, which is crab mentality. So, so, if I, if I take crab mentality and I input this into our conversation and I say, hey, I hate that guy for the Gucci belt, now, now it just sounds like I have crab mentality. Like, oh, he's making it, and you're just trying to bring him back down. I, I have to say that I, I agree that that's what I'm doing, right? That's, that it might be that crab mentality. I might be jealous, um, but I also know that there's a problem, that the focus, the focus, the subject matter, is problematic as well. So how do we fix that? And you know, if we just kill the flex in our community, I think we'll have less haters and we'll have less less superficiality in what it means to be wealthy, right? And it's not about having mon- enough money to spend on, um, on, on things that we don't need. It's about having enough money to survive and flourish and to help each other out in our own community. When when I think about business, and I think about different cultures and how they run their businesses, right? Like, um, you know, they, they they develop these small these small business communities, and they what money that they make they spend within their own community, so the money circulates inside of the same community. We don't do that with each other, right? I mean, the only things that I feel like the only thing that we do is we spend money on Filipino food, and we call that supporting Filipino business. But what about other Filipino folks that are, you know, I don't know, making clothing lines or other Filipino folks that are making blah, 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 blah. We should be supporting them too and having the money cycle within our own community. That's that's how you build an internal an internal economy, right? If you want to help each other, this is how you do it. Oh, that's a great fucking point.
1: Cause when you thought when you said that, I hellmatically thought of like korean folks in la how they are there is like a vibrant Korean town with korean businesses and korean owners because they do generate that business within their own community another one i would think is like um is like the vietnamese folks in like san jose right they have like huge plazas where it's like uh, Vietnamese businesses from food stores to furniture stores to, <laughs> I think, even cosmetic surgery stuff, right? So it's cool that you brought that up because that is definitely a thing that I see within our communities. It's like, yeah, we buy Filipino food, but then at the same time we say, oh, but I can make that at home. You know what I mean? It's this like, where it's just like, oh, I'm going to just say all this shit because I could probably make this at home when we're not thinking about, like, our own people, right? And I, I think that's kind of like a byproduct of, like, American imperialism when we're taught how to be an individual, right? Because, like, it's all about the individual. You got to, like, carry yourself um, up by the bootstraps. And I think that's that's very apparent in... um. In, in my growing up, in my childhood, because it was always just like, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, why don't you be like this person? Or blah, 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 blah. Right? Like, we always have to be, like, in constant competition and see each other as, like, the competitor. But at the end of the day, we don't realize that when we compete against our own people, we're we're really holding all of ourselves back. You know? So it's, like, it's interesting how that kind of, like, mentality – Of just like, I'm like, just get mines and not get ours. How in the end, that kind of like holds all of us back. Like we are all living in this big bucket and we're all these crabs holding our people down because it should be us. You know what I mean? Like I should be the one getting out of this bucket, not this person. So I'm going to just grab them a little bit down. And it's kind of like already like ingrained in us that we have this mentality and it's so hard to resist that. Because I truly believe that's not um, that that's not natural within our own like culture. Because like culturally, we're all about that community, communal barangay feeling of helping each other out. But some way, somehow, like other values, like individualism, like come through and totally like messes that up. And it's interesting to see because I I don't think our our people, our culture is like built for that type of like mentality. You know, because when we think about like, if we think about like Filipino culture and like living in the Philippines, you can't live in the Philippines, you can't survive in the Philippines by yourself, right? That's just not going to happen. So that's why all of our like, our culture and the history is about this communal life. So it's interesting when we we we're inserted or we adopt this capitalistic system where we value capital over people it's just interesting to see how that like affects all of us because at the end of the day, Francis, you're absolutely right. Like we don't invest in our own communities and in that way, we're, we're kind of
2: limiting our own, our own struggle as people. It, it comes down to, I mean, if we think about the capitalistic system and we think about our own culture, right? You can adopt capitalism but you have to, you have to bring with it your own trust of your own people and your own your own dependence on your own people, right? If you and I feel like none of that really exists, right? We don't trust each other, right? I mean, I mean, just think about like your own personal personal experiences with folks who flex like that hard. And I'm I'm not talking about like people in our age of our age or of our generation. I'm talking about people in the generation before us. Who do the real shameless flexing, right? I mean, do you feel like you're accepted when you approach someone like that? You feel alienated because they got that whole this this whole like haughty attitude to them, and it feels like you're that they are better than you, right? I feel like that's what that whole flex is all about, and I don't think they mean to do it, right? I don't think that there's this nefarious um, background to the entire flex, but I think that's what it expresses at the end of the day, that I'm better than you. Look at the money that I made. But if we kill the flex, right, and, and you know, you have this folks who are successful and folks who are just trying to make it, if you kill the flex, that alienation, I think, would disappear, and people will start to work with each other, right? And when we talk about, like, Little Manila Town, we talk about, um, by a Nihon Center, Right, like those folks, those places need to be supported. I mean, I buy a lot of books, and I and having moved to Sassoon City, there was a time within the pandemic that I drove all the way to 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 buy a neon center because I wanted to buy a book and because I wanted to support them, but they were closed because of COVID. Uh, and this is the time when um, Goobs, you were you were referencing some um, some. Filipino authors that I wanted to read, and I I went over there because I wanted to support support that that spot. Um, But we have to trust each other first uh, and foremost. I mean, we talked talked about the 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 Vietnamese folks um, in San Jose, like their network is hardcore, and it is so intertwined and so dynamic that anyone. Uh, like if you, it doesn't matter if you own a restaurant or you own a furniture store or you're a real estate agent or you work in nonprofit, they all know each other, right? And they they all have each other's n- names and numbers, and and they just go directly to each other when they need it. They don't go outside of that network, right? They built that over the past, you know, how many years, how many decades? That was real work. Um, so I feel like we gotta do that too, but the the I feel like our flex is just so. I mean, th- that flex is just so alienating, you know.
1: It is alienating, but at the same time, it's just so natural, like within our own culture to like to do that, you know. Um, and I I think then again, that's just a historical thing of like, uh, of seeing that and having that being used against us, right? Because I was just teaching my students probably like a couple of weeks ago about um about a little Manila and like in Stockton and talking about like the Manong generation and how um okay so I'm backtrack so there there were these folks called the Thomasites like four hundred like four hundred or six hundred like San Francisco teachers I think in. Before like the mid fifties, they were sent to the Philippines to teach Filipinos like English, to teach them education. They taught them English. They taught them about American society. And one of the things that they were were telling these folks is like, "Hey, America is this place of milk and honey, right? So if you go there, you're gonna make it." And um. You'll, you'll be rich. You'll you'll live the life, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, of course, like when they came over here, it was nothing like that. They suffered a lot of like prejudice and discrimination and racism because they were Filipinos. But the thing that like stuck out to my students was like these like Manongs were like dressed hell well. They had the zoot suits, right? They had, they had the chain. They had like three-piece suits. They were looking good. Like they were gonna go to like a Hollywood movie But they were the ones working in the fields, working asparagus, and those agricultural work is not suitable for suits, right? So, the thing, the reason why I'm bringing this up is, like, they would wear these suits and take pictures with these cars that obviously weren't theirs, right? But they would send them back home to the Philippines. And in that way, say, like, look, I'm making it. I'm making it, right? Because... Growing, growing up, they just had these like ideas, like, "Oh, I'm when I go there, I'm gonna make, it. I'm gonna be rich. When I come back home, I'm gonna be rich, right?" So when they got there and it wasn't happening, they still like perpetuated that messaging, like, "Look, I made it. I'm, I'm doing it, right? Look at me. I'm, I'm providing for for my people." But indirectly, when you're not telling them the truth of what has happened, you're still kind of um continuing that lie. You know what I mean? So like when we're thinking about like that f- the flexing part of it and giving back to the community, I think that's like one good example where it's just like, wait, they're they're sending back money, but they're not just sending back money. They're sending back this idea that like, hey, you could you can make it when you come here. But what wasn't taught or wasn't shared with them was like, hey, you we have to do this together in order to make this happen. Like we can't just Uh, make their money individually because as individuals we won't we won't be able to make that make that much of a difference right like i think a lot of our messaging in in our own like culture is like yeah we're together but we got to make our own stuff right when you brought up the the um the example of seeing like a wealthier filipino who made it and they look at you dude they hella size you up right like I get this feeling of like, oh, where where does this person come from? Oh, how much are they gonna make? You know what I mean? Is this is this kind of like this threat to their position in society or to their value that, yo, I'm gonna size up this person because they make more money than me, right? Like it's it's kind of weird that it isn't like, oh cool, this person's Filipino. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how how they are, what what resources they got, and I'm gonna help them up. Right. It's like automatically is just straight up competition in the first place. Right. Versus um, all these other folks who who see it as a community effort. Right. So it's it's deeply ingrained within our own culture that it, it's it's like almost a natural thing. You know what I mean? It kind of just makes me think
0: like because Bash, if I uh, if and when or not if, but when he can fit bigger clothes like I want to get him some cool clothes, make him. Like have some swag, but I also don't want to dress him in name brand stuff. So it's like, how do I dress him in a way where I like and he looks cool and whatnot? But like, he doesn't look like a prick, you know? When he grows up, like he he carries on this style, but I don't want him to like be into name brands and all that expensive stuff. But like, carry himself in a certain confidence because of the way he dresses and hold himself. I mean,
1: I think it's kind of complicating too how we're, we're just kind of taught just to buy stuff, right? Like just, just taught to hoard things. Like from my perspective, unhealthy relationship with stuff. It's like we got to like accumulate this stuff and not just accumulate. We got to accumulate the best stuff, right? Yeah. And we will, we will never pass down to anybody else because this is our stuff. Right. Like that mentality of just gathering stuff and not um, not sharing the wealth or sharing it with our community or passing that down. That's hella. I think that's like part of like trying to decolonizing our resources. Right. Is to share is to utilize all of this stuff to like pool it together and say, like, yo, let's use all of our resources to to make sure that we are all free you know what i mean versus just trying to like accumulate things as individuals and as families cuz i'll bet you if you're filipino right now and your parents are like in that like 60s or 70s age range and they own a house your garage is prob their garage is probably packed with hella stuff <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay like hella things like boxes and stuff probably from When you are younger to all the way up to the new stuff that they bought, like it's all in the garage waiting for the perfect time to be used, right? Waiting for the perfect time to be like, oh, this is why I bought this microwave five years ago. Now it's time to use it. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to take a step back and look at our community, look at our families and just be like, yo, we, we have all of these things ready to be used, but we... We're never gonna use them, you know what I mean?
0: That's how I feel about my all my old consoles. Like I'm not gonna use them, but I want to keep them because I also feel like they'll be worth something later. But that's probably not the case because I'm not even keeping them in perfect condition.
1: Dude, thank you for saying that because, like, I there are hella things that I deem will be useful later or valuable later yeah right like my parents used to buy my sister all these barbies that will be valuable later better like you already took them out the box mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like remember those beanie babies like my parents went ham on the beanie babies hoping for that day for it to be hella like worth it right it's like it's its own form of gambling you know what i mean like That I think that's another thing that I see, like, within our culture is, like, we are always looking for the quickest way to make the quickest buck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of building that, like, generationally, slowly, we're all, we're willing to risk it all just for that, like, one shot of, like, hitting the lotto where I'm going to make all this money. You know what I mean? But don't yeah. have like the actual actions and the plan in order to generate money. It's just this idea that like, oh, eventually I'm going to make it and I hopefully do it. Right. But
0: I just recondo that shit and say, whenever I look at it, it brings me joy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, isn't that what like I feel like when I watch hoarders, <laughs> that is what they also say. <laughs> you're not wrong
0: (laughs) when i see my old consoles it's very nostalgic
1: yeah it gives us that dopamine feel right like it makes us happy but at the end of the day it's like it takes up space like it doesn't take away the memories because you have the memories but it's just this this thing that embodies your childhood and like I'm gonna keep it, even though like there's no way in hell that I'm gonna revert back to playing this PS2 when this PS5 could play all my discs. Right, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like we, we 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 were really like we were really like taught to be attached to stuff, to like the history of stuff. Like my parents would always would keep like all of the um earlier like work that i did in elementary school right and i'm kind of like that's kind of cool but at the same time like bro i know how to spell now way better like why you're why are you keeping this you know Mm -hmm. like why are we keeping like proof of like what happened before like why are we keeping every little thing right it's like this this like being klepto with like memories or hoarding like information or hoarding all of these like past stuff when you don't really need it.
0: Right. I'll just get rid of my uh Jordan rookie card and first year. No problem.
1: <laughs> well, shoot if you held on <laughs> for that long you better be
0: myself real quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just that idea of like being able to to one not flex. Right. Yeah. If we're talking about like, how do we combat this? It's one definitely don't flex. Definitely, right? I agree. Definitely don't use your resources in order to flex to other people. <laughs> I, think Let's that's, be practical. I think that's the best one, right? Like, I'm not going to buy these Jordans. Like, I don't buy Jordans. I'm not going to buy these Jordans to flex on other people and say, I have these Jordans. I'm right? going to
0: buy these Jordans of them so I don't make creases.
1: Right. I like, <laughs> I guess it's never too late to be cool like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think another one is just like how, I think it's just questioning, like, how is this thing going to help me move me, my, my life forward or move my, my, my folks forward, right? Like, how do I, um, how is this relationship that I'm going to have with these people going to move uh, everybody forward that's involved, right? Instead of just thinking like, oh, how am I going to use a relationship to get what I need to get? Right. But I think that's that's going to be like a a difficult thing because we're just so accustomed to thinking, what about me? What am I going to get out of this situation? Right.
0: So I guess it's more of the idea of, yeah, get all this stuff or don't be practical with your money. But like, don't bring people down with the things you get by flexing.
1: Yeah, don't shame other people. I hate that shit. (laughs) No, I'm gonna shame. Don't
0: buy that. Shit. <laughs> she, she didn't buy that stuff because you can't afford it.
1: <laughs> is that shaming or is that telling the truth though? You know <laughs> Is that crab
2: mentality? Yeah. <laughs> well the thing that you got y'all have been talking about, right? It's like what are what are our what are our what is our definition of value? Like how do we value things? Right. If we value things just based on the price tag. So if we think that this bag is more expensive than the other bag and we val- because No, if we think that this bag is more valuable than another bag just because it's more expensive, then we got a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that i got to buy a Louis Vuitton bag that costs $5,000 instead of buying another bag when well, it, it serves the same purpose?
0: It looks just like it even,
2: I it's bet. It's just like it. And I know that I'm being very reductionary, right? Because, you know, people will say, you know, you... Louis Vuitton bag is an investment. The, the type of leather is so legit. Blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. It lasts longer. Yada, yada, yada. There's all these, like, these concepts of quality. But in order for us generationally to build wealth, to build a strong sense of wealth, we have to build a stronger sense, stronger set of principles to pass down to the next generation. And it, it is, it is. That whole, you know, we, we've been saying over and over again, not to flex. But what it, what I feel like we're trying to say too, is that to don't don't see value in the amount of, and based off of just how much something costs. See value in the dollar that you made, right? Because if we keep talking about, if we keep talking about how much money other people spend, or how much I spend, or you spend then you know we get into that whole idea of crab mentality, we get into that whole concept of you know just being overly critical and judgy. But if we teach ourselves to not value things, but value the work that and the labor that we put in to gain that dollar. So we, we value that dollar itself because it's real, because it means something, then I think we don't get into that idea that contradictory place and how we think, right? I, I don't want I don't want anyone to think like, oh, what is money but just this, um, just this thing that we can't bring on with us to the next life, because if 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 we have had parents with money problems, if we ourselves have money problems, if we have children, um, and they're dealing, uh, and they're living in an environment where there's not enough resources, right? It's a real thing, right? So we got to value our labor. We have to value our dollar. We have to spend wisely. And we need to understand that we're just as much as our labor is valued, just as much as our bodies are valued, just as much as our resources like water and food and transportation have value. The dollar that we have has an intrinsic value as well. So don't think that because something is expensive, therefore it is valuable. No, it is, It the value is in your hand, right? And the value is in your mind. Therefore, what you spend on, what makes you happy, right? What makes you happy, right? I don't think flexing makes people happy. That, that, that stuff is proven that those folks are really sad and depressed. And they're just looking for validation. Right. Mm-hmm. So spend money, like like you be so spending money on a PS5 because it, makes, it brings you joy, that's totally different. We shouldn't hate folks like that for spending money on that because that's an investment in their well-being, if anything. We have to reset what valuable looks like to us. We don't need to think value purely economical. We don't need to think value purely superficially. You know, sometimes we think, we need to start thinking value as principally what is spiritually, uh, but and 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 still keep that whole tangible thing in mind. You know, this is my money. This is the dollar. This is the dollar, dollars that I I made. There's value there, because I feel like sometimes we get to the point where it's like, well, capitalism is evil. Money is so money is just this fake thing that people made up to 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 keep us oppressed. And then people don't give a fuck about their money anymore. Or don't, don't care about their labor anymore. And, and it does the complete opposite for us as a culture to, to not think, to not take finances seriously. We must take finances very, very seriously. I agree.
1: Um, I do would say though, that I think it's hard for folks to find value in their own work and their own self. If, they were never taught that in the first place, right? Because I I like how you said that um, we have to find value in what we bring to the table. But like from a historical standpoint, we were taught just that we were just part of a a system, right? We have to do our part, but we never really, I feel like we were never really taught um, how important that part is or the power of our own personal choices you know what I mean um, I, I think a lot of a lot of my childhood my parents um, was working and working to do to provide like a like a future and a present for like me and my family my me and my sister but at the same time right like they were doing work that um that they just saw it like as a uh, thing that they had to do right like in in order to to survive i don't think that it was um that purposeful because i i think they were just having this mindset like i got to make this money to to survive um instead of shifting it to like i have to Make choices in order to allow my, like me, my family, my community to thrive, right? So, I, I think if we step out of that mentality of just survival, of just having to survive, um, and give us some time to reflect on our value, I think that's a, like a necessary step. But um, I, I just feel like that would be hard for some people. But I, I, I hella agree on finding. The value in your work, in your finances, because at at the end of the day, we do have power in the choices that we make. It's just, do we have the wherewithal to understand how everything is connected through our choices?
0: Well, that's been another episode of the Hello My Shadow podcast on decolonizing our finances.
1: Stop flexing. Don't flex. Stop Stop. (laughs) flexing. Be
2: good people.
1: Be good people. Yeah, yeah. Be good people. Be good people. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.